Hey, Sphere. Hi, Tom. What's up? You look very happy. Huh? Because we're in a much more comfortable surrounding today. Oh, yeah. We've both basically of us. moved to the other, other side of the room. Yeah, so usually what happens is... <laughs> I'm on is, the sofa. Yeah, usually um, Sophia sat on like a nice chair, like a, a recliner. What's, what's these type of chairs called? They're not Ottomans. The ones from Ikea, the rocking ones. Well, at least today mm-hmm. I get to recline. I'm next to a, a dazzling Christmas tree. It is um, the season. So on today's podcast, this is... Um, uh, shout out to all our listeners and shout out to both <laughs> the Sophies, by the way. Um, for, what are you on about? Oh, for the Spotify. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. We might have popped up on your Spotify yeah. wrapped up 2020. Yeah, so for anyone that's listened to us, I, like. It was on mine as well. Really? You didn't yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. So that's like, a royal flush of Sophies and Sophias. Wait. Come on. <laughs> this is how we do. Yeah. So this is a subject that's more near and dear to your heart, Sophia, than my heart. What do you mean? Huh? Why has something always got to be near and dear to one of our... Like, no, cause it's just a topic that I think is worth talking about. Yeah, but you, you are the one that came up with the idea so therefore i have right, okay. decided that it's near and dear to your heart well i just i think it i think it impacts you as much as it impacts me yeah. it's just you haven't thought about it <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> basically this by the way of our union together <laughs> our union um yeah so the gist is is that i mean we don't have kids i don't know if that's i don't actually know if like when, if, what, whatever life I think that was my hesitance holds. about talking about this, but go Because we're not qualified. Yeah. But, yeah, but not even parents are qualified. No one knows what they're doing. No, I hear that. That's true. Because you see those TV shows where like, you know, I think they were pitting different parenting styles up against each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is an age old debate of like yeah. how to parent. But like, I, I feel <laughs> like especially when you have um, biracial kids, it's like this whole other a- aspect to parenting. Yeah. That neither one of you typically is prepared for unless you're biracial yourself mm-hmm. which and you are yeah but i'm not but i'm not politicized okay basically we got together yeah early days all nice and that and one of the first few conversations we had was about race do you remember when we were in Benugo that time no i don't remember I'm sorry. So I thought rude. it was. I thought we had the conversation in um, prep by Covent Garden. Yeah, yeah, we had that conversation oh, in prep okay. about kids, but then we started to talk about it. This is when we were just like because we we met at work and and became friends at work, and then we'd go on lunch breaks and we just go to the same coffee places or whatever. And the um, oh yeah, Benugo on East Castle. That's Street. what I'm trying to sorry. tell you. In my mind, the only Benugo that I know of is um. um the one in Covent Garden. So. Right, anyway. Well, why are you trying to give a Tom Tom lesson? Like, chillax. <laughs> so anyway, so then we would talk about race, basically. Because it was one of the things that... Um, I don't know, it's just one of the topics I wanted to talk about and, like, bring up with Tom to kind of say, listen, like, we're not... Without going too much into it, I was, like, not... Um, I wasn't about playing it by ear as far as the relationship goes. I was really trying to scope out if this was <laughs> this was forever. <laughs> quite early on uh sometimes to our detriment (laughs) but I was sort of taking it very seriously basically from the off and I was asking really deep questions from the off and ask like having I guess tough conversations really early on wouldn't you say yeah about like our lives our principles our values our families um 
our faiths, our like different political views, like just basically all the stuff you you think you're supposed to avoid at the beginning of a relationship. I was like getting into the nitty gritty of it like pretty soon. And race came up a fair few times because from my perspective, I was coming into it saying, okay, right, so here's this guy. And if we have kids, they're gonna they're, they're gonna be biracial. Mm-hmm. But you could, and as you said, yeah, technically I am, but I'm not politicized as black. So what's that about? Yeah, right. And like just that whole dynamic of um, having kids that I will not be able to relate to in that way, and questioning whether I would be able to parent effectively because of that. So would I be able to? help my child or children navigate a world where they are seen and politicized as black um and also would you as as my partner feel trusting or comfortable with me doing that do you think i have what it takes to be able to parent a black child basically so like that was the that was the angle so you know maybe two months in it's probably a bit too deep you know but like I feel like it it sparked some really good debate between us I feel I mean what do you reckon but then I feel like it's it's good sort of get it on I guess get it on paper now and like sort of iron out what we were going on about and try and like map it out for any future um for any couples out there or anyone that hasn't perhaps thought of thought of this to maybe consider it when they're you know if they're ever dating or or thinking or you know they they meet somebody that is different to them to have a framework maybe to ask the right questions and like get get to the the core of it <laughs> you dropped a lot there and with that thank you so much for listening guys it's been really fun <laughs> I don't do you even get, know do you what, get what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. I don't and even know where to begin. This is why also Tom's been putting it off for a time. No, because you know what it this is? This has been on the I've, list for a long time. Yeah, it has been on the list for a very long It's probably been one of the first ideas we came up with. Well, you came up with and contributed. Um, and I've been dodging it like to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so my my general attitude, you might hate me, <laughs> is very laissez-faire. Like, I'm very like, mm-hmm. go with the flow with this. Um namely and i think the reason why i'm not so so worried is um and i you know it's because i've grown up in mixed environments so yes i'm black and yes i'm in the uk and stuff but i've grown up being exposed to different cultures and then i feel like the london culture is one that's very much um metropolitan and multicultural (laughs) um so i feel like if we were to have a child and we were in this specific context, obviously I know Scotland's on the cards and I don't know what the the mix is up there, but um, I feel like if we were still within London, it wouldn't be so much of a problem because there's there's enough precedent that's been set in terms of like, it's not, it like for example, like our kid, um, oh, that one, onboard child that just popped into my head by two pack. Our kid wouldn't feel like I'd like to think anyway that they wouldn't feel like they stuck out like a sore thumb because they would see other people that are of mixed um, mixed heritage, mm-hmm. um, and then also as well, there's like a significant amount of role models that are of mixed heritage as well that I feel like have navigated quite successfully the mix between their two cultural heritages. Um, the person I keep thinking of for some reason is Afua Hirsch. Like she's somebody that I feel like that has she hasn't um necessarily like p- 
depict one side of the other, mm-hmm. but she has fully engaged in both her cultural. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I think the main thing, the like my main attitude or my main aim, like um, if for our theoretical child would be to like, let them feel confident in both their cultures. So like just generally try to expose them as much as I can. Um, and let them grow have an appreciation and not let them feel like they have to pick but just rather accept that this is who i am and these are parts of these cultural heritages are part of what who make me as a person and then i also feel like there will be like um some circumstances like for example if they do come up against issues of race or racism and stuff like by all means i'll i like obviously i've got some experience of it i will be able to advise and help them in that regard but then like i feel like there'll be other things i basically i just kept falling back on this whole notion of like me and you as a team can work together to help our theoretical child through each issue that they come with rather than um coming up with like uh, a strategy going in like I feel like we'll just have to take each situation as it comes yeah naturally but I feel like so what you're what I feel like is missing in that in that conversation mm. so you mentioned F.O. Hirsch you haven't read her book British have you no which is basically an account of the first half of that book essentially is her saying how much she struggled with her biracial identity okay just well this, okay uh, this ignorance on my side <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a naivety with your argument in the and it's it's a beautiful one, but it's not, I feel like it's naive nonetheless to assume that that um, there are yes there are people out there that are representing biracial yeah. identity, and there are people that you know um, even even kids out when we were kids yeah. biracial kids could look up to or could you know say like I don't know um, the light skinned girl in so-and-so band oh i can relate to her do you know what i'm saying like musically or just in entertainment there's people you can relate to but the thing that i found this i think this is why i came to you that all all them years ago (laughs) with this question because i i picked up i guess uh, an awareness Mm -hmm. that that um biracial kids i suppose because i am one but i i just picked up an awareness of biracial kids are politicized or that are half black um will always have this kind of this um push and pull of what what camp do they belong to and i've and i think that's been validated in like my just i don't know my education on it or like the books i've been reading the the things i've been absorbing Mm -hmm. culturally um like listening to biracial people about their struggles and there's there's always a theme the theme is which camp do i belong to um I'm in school and I don't know what school group, what friend group I should be going to or every, the white the white girls tell me that I'm too black, the black girls tell me I'm too white, I'm called a bounty, I'm called an Oreo, whatever, whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? Like there's those like themes that come up in school as a kid um, and even just like beauty standards are sort of uh, a bit confusing. I don't know, I'm coming maybe at it from like a, a uh, mixed race girls perspective rather than boy but I do I, think that there's there are these themes where there's just basically confusion around who which group you belong to and not feeling enough not feeling fully black or fully white or feeling like you can do either one well and then compound that with parents who don't get it because if you've got a fully black p- 
parent and a fully white parent they're not they don't get it yeah, either I'm way you're not gonna have like a hundred percent of their because it's there it's gonna saying? be unique to them my whole thing that i'm thinking of um and, and afro hirsch was like her her struggles man her struggles yeah. come growing up in wimbledon where she's like growing up in a somewhat middle class place yeah, going posture, to a private yeah. school and like all of her friends like made her feel so other because she was the only black kid in school yeah she was teased for her features her what thick thighs all of this she, stuff she's slightly older than what's her age she's slightly like older than me yeah late thighs but then so then she and that was part of the and i related to her so much because she i did the exact same thing she did where she like just went to west africa to like find herself yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, that was me. Um, because but, she wanted to connect to that side. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think a big part of like of the solution like is like widening their horizon, letting them feel like an actual tangible connection mm-hmm. um, with their cultural heritage. So I do like I'm a big advocate of like, yeah, we have to travel and like let you see it for for yourself so you don't feel... Um, so so I would hope you don't feel this like sense of like oh no I can't really claim it or do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, and then the other thing I feel like it touches on like previous conversations that we've had around um, culture because mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about like groups and like picking friendship groups and uh, yeah but that, that that stuff's real when no, you're I know, seven I know, year old, but I mean, in, it, it triggered in my head I was like wait okay so we have like different archetypal 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 groups yeah. that have been set up wow proper buffering there um, <laughs> <laughs> that have been set up and it just it feels like you know when you watch like UST um, teen dramas and they're like mm-hmm. in high school and there's like the jocks there's the cheerleaders mm-hmm. um, there's the nerds there's mm-hmm. the um what other groups is there the science pe- no that's nerds I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself but you, you get what I'm saying like mm-hmm. there's these set groups um, and I'm sorry to say but I just feel like um, that's kind of inauthentic like you're basically you're pigeonholing yeah, Tom, yourself yeah but you can't rush like you're trying to rationalise teenage angst like yeah. it's not there's nothing to rationalise no I'm just there. I'm just look, I'm just and I think also as well, if you got to bear in mind my context... Because those groups, those archetypes you're just coming up with, the yeah. ones you missed out, which is exactly what happens in our schools, yeah. are the black kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other group. You know and you can't was, lie, that's that's one of them ones. I feel like, I feel like, like I'm the wrong this... person to talk to this. Um, to talk on yeah, this but because this is... <laughs> reason being, and, and I'm not trying to like shirk responsibility or, or shy away from the debate and stuff, is like hand like hands up you can go back through my track record i have never been a person to stick with one group of people i've I know, always but done my damnedest to like okay but just because it's your experience doesn't mean it's everyone else's no, and like you know what maybe i should buy myself you should like, open your mind no, you should not travel a bit more yourself no but- <laughs> and I have to, no what i'm saying is is that um like i've taken great pride and value in like not pigeonholing myself or not being with one group and like that's not to say that I don't I to- I dismiss these groups no I still hanged out with like my black friends I still hanged out with like when I went to college um, I got exposure to the Turkish community and mm-hmm. the Greek Cypriot situation and the beef that those two communities have with one another or like Asian friends or just I know I you've got a very diverse like world and yeah. you, you your so friends that's what with I'm all saying. I feel people. like maybe I'm not the the right person to talk on this because well to not to talk on it but like to I guess maybe that is why I'm coming across as naive because I've like my 
personal experiences. Yeah, but Tom, but been... you're black. You're yeah, fully no. black. That's my point. Yeah. So imagine now if you're if you're mixed and you've in, and there's choices. It's yeah. like there's it's like there's choices you should be making. Whereas whereas because you're black, you you got you got automatic entry into the, the black friendship group. Yeah. There's an affinity there. Do you understand? There's but an affinity. I, if you're if you're a sporty person, yeah. there's an affinity with other sporty people. You you gravitate to people that you connect with or you have things in common with, yeah. and not to say that um, all kids pigeonhole themselves, but there is absolutely there's th- there's, like, there's groups, politics. Yeah. There's politics in the playground. Like yeah. you you have to like find your tribe, and it just I don't know based on like my own experiences my observing of the situation and then looking at like listening to different these different stories like F. Hirsch's uh stories is one story um that just solidifies that fact that when you're um when you're biracial there is there is that added pressure almost to try and find your tribe because you're not you're not going to be um fully accepted necessarily by um you know by one group or the other you've you almost got to try and kind of prove yourself in some ways yeah i was just gonna say then i feel like and maybe this is me just trying to like i hope i'm not ignoring the feelings that that must conjure up and by coming up with a solution and stuff but i guess i'm not trying to come up with a solution we're only 10 minutes in here like i'm just saying that there's there's no, because that's my natural in the playground. inclination. I know, if you come but, to me with a problem, I'm going to give you. But there's the also so there's like, there's the gendered part of it too. So yeah. like you know, I'm coming out from like that perspective where like beauty standards are very you know Eurocentric, yeah. and if and we know we know all of this about there's even there's just I don't know reams and reams of jokes on Twitter about light lighties light skin. You well, know. this is why I was asking you about um how old Afro Hirsch is because. Like I, I I know for a fact that I keep saying it to you that the experience of the generations above me or above us, like it's just a world I can't even imagine yeah. in terms of like Well yeah, the there's a real history of how mixed race kids yeah. have been treated. Um even in, I think there were experiments in Liverpool that were trying to prove that half black children were um genetically uh degraded yeah they were trying to decry yeah. against it like oh the blood must be kept pure yeah yeah the yeah purity of the blood like, and like actual like funding money was pu- was pulled yeah. <laughs> to try and prove this this theory and like obviously that the term half caste was bad about yeah. way into the 90s i mean i was in primary school and we were still saying yeah like, i remember yeah, kids themselves but like yeah i'm half caste I, like that I was thought, just what it was wrong, i think you could still catch some people use that yeah, term yeah, yeah. even now yeah. like yes, mixed race didn't come around till but then a bit even later. one of my mixed race friends um, he hates the term mixed race. Mm. He prefers the term mixed heritage. That's why I said. Mm. That's why I made an active like effort to use the term heritage earlier on. But this is the kind of stuff that you. This because is because there was like he was basically saying, "Look, Tom, there's only one human race. So why are we trying to like say there's a black race, there's a white race that we're all one type?" And he was like, "I prefer the term heritage." And like when he said this, I didn't have anything to say back to him. Mm-hmm. And like I know it was probably one of those things or semantics whereby. I didn't say it to other you or mm-hmm. I didn't say it to make you feel different. I was just using the term because this is what I know is commonly accepted. and It is commonly like, accepted. But I, I felt like he had something yeah, he's there got, with he's the got whole an heritage. So mm-hmm. that's why I do try to say mixed heritage as opposed to mixed. 
I, I, you know, I feel like I can, I see that, like, what you're saying, the angst or the pain or the anxieties around it. I can recognize it and I do know it's a real well, thing. Well, that is the thing is there's the, so if we like, kind of take it back, so like when you're, this is the other part of it too, is that when you're raising kids are biracial, yeah. you're not, um, they're kids, they don't know it. They don't have a clue. Yeah. They don't know, and their other friends in school don't know. They're not able to rationalize it. And but no one cares when you're like five, right? But then at some point, at some time, it it comes up at school, or it comes up in the playground, or it comes up when you go to your friend's house after school, whatever. Whether it's the white the white kids' parents make a comment or something happens, right? There there is an awareness that comes at some point in a kid's life where they realize that they're not they're not the same so like Akala talks about this um in his book natives mm-hmm. how he didn't know he thought he was white um no sorry he didn't know that his mum was white yeah. until it came up when he was like five years old yeah and it it dawned on him or something happened and it, and he had to ask his mum because he'd been he he'd witnessed so much mistreatment of of people that looked like him yeah even that at, at that age i think and I think he's in the same generation as he's, well. He's, he's slightly mixed. older. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was raised in the exactly. He was raised in the eighties, and he saw he saw some real shit. And he he asked time, his man. mom, are, "So are you white?" And he she was, she was, I think she said yes, but I'm Scottish, so don't worry. But <laughs> no, 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 yes, but I'm German. Yeah. Um, to kind of say, look, I'm not like the English. Like, don't yeah. I'm not I'm not as bad as the English because almost to try and like make him as a kid rationalize that it wasn't the white people that are a problem. It's yeah. the English white people. Um. So this is my point is like there is that moment of reckoning for mixed race kids for 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 kids are from two different worlds um because someone makes them realize it or they they come to a realization mm-hmm. but then there is a sort of crisis of identity where you're not you're not 100% clear of where you fit on that spectrum and then look I think the at the end of the day the you know the moral of the story or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is that you know you come to a certain age whether it's adulthood or even in childhood where you go do you know what i'm gonna forge my own path and i'm gonna make my own identity i'm not gonna be valued based on that blah 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 but it doesn't get away from the fact that there is real consequences for how you're treated though so like as far as like beauty standards go um sexual pursuits like we were talking about uh like that that kind of um fetishization of light-skinned men and women Mm in the dating world there's also like we said that there's there's a history of how mixed race people have been treated medically (laughs) to try and you know rationalize that they're um they're less than if they if you have black in you you're less than and and then there's the whole aspect of parenting where if you don't have parents that relate to this necessarily or can't see it from your eyes they're gonna potentially and there's there's evidence of this so you know this is this is what happens where they um I don't know, uh, what's the word? Demean or sort of try and talk you off the ledge or tell you that you're over overanalyzing it or overthinking it. Um, and, or, then, we, or even reinforce the beauty standards. Like, oh, you've got, you're so pretty. You've got, you know, you've got a really nice small nose. Yeah. It's like, well, 
what's where's that coming from like stuff yeah, no, i don't know just look, stuff like you that as a parent you've got to check yourself and like because you know yeah. what's that classic line they say that uh we're always gonna traumatize our kids or something i forgot yeah i mean that's inevitable yeah like you're like you're not gonna get a hundred percent right but then also as well i keep thinking like you don't always have to like have walked in the same shoes as somebody to in order to be able to help them like by all means that you might need to do a lot more listening than talking in terms of like helping that person for it but i don't feel like it's an impossible feat um i think it's just having the awareness though that like there are real world consequences for for looking the way you look as far as criminalization of you like in the in the world if you're a mixed race you don't get to say well i'm half i'm half english so you know don't stop and search me like that's not (laughs) yeah they're gonna get the black experience or not that's what i'm trying to tell that's what i'm trying to get at it's (laughs) like there is there is a well potentially allegedly no what do you mean it's evidence no i'm just putting it you're still in i'm 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 prefacing so like there's it. that there's the way you're perceived as like a as more as better than black because you've got I don't know a smaller nose or you've got 3c hair as far uh, but instead of 4c type yeah. hair right like like you've got curls not coils good for you um the fetishization of of basically you're better than black and then there's um and then there's the other side of it where you're criminalized as black like you are mm. you're you're chucked in that same bucket um, you're seen as a, you know. I wish we could speak to a mixed race person right now, but well, you yeah, can see how like it, it must I. Be they, very this is something. This is something I can't contribute. This is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like, oh, well, you're mixed race. No, well, am I? You know, like it's not. It's not the same. It's. It's. That's what I was trying yeah, to. You don't have the politicization. That's what I was trying to get yeah. out when I was talking to you all them all them times ago about about this. About like, yeah, I can speak to the confusion for mm-hmm. sure endlessly yeah (laughs) i can speak to that but um and i can speak to trying to forge your own identity in the midst of that which i think is the most important thing it is the most important but what it doesn't have but what that doesn't what i don't struggle with is then having to do that in the context of being seen as or or having eyes on you Mm. in that way um either seen as a target or seen as a uh, well a sexual target or seen as a criminal target like regardless there's that there's that dynamic again at the sound at the the risk of sounding really naive or wishy-washy i just feel like if this if if our so-called unborn child is like facing all of this the problem isn't with the child the problem is with society yeah no shit but you've got a but your problem with racism is the society and yet you deal with it as a person tom you're still burdened with the navigation of it but do you get what i'm trying to say Yeah. look again as i said at the risk of sounding naive i'm not trying i just don't want to i just don't want them to feel like they have to spend their life like trying to like cozy up to a group or like getting a negotiation across the line like oh yeah like look i know i've only like 50 percent one of you but like if, do, you, do you get what i'm saying i, I just you, look, i get it, what you're it, saying it's, it's it saddens me like and it's like there's more to this life than than that and it goes back to like with some of my personal gripes in terms of like culture and like how we we all seem to like have to rewind the same old tape that's been played over and over like Mm -hmm. and i just i would prefer that um our future unborn child like relationship with i'm not even talking about our child i'm just talking about like just just any anyone in our position that's gonna have kids one day maybe 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 right and like just even just people that are single right now and like they're not it's not even on the radar and they happen to meet someone and 
now it's now it's a reality oh shit actually we, we might be having kids here like damn. i guess not look in some long-winded way what i'm saying is my biggest fear would be for them to miss out on the richness richness of their cultural heritage because they just see it as like a burden or do you get what i'm saying yeah because i feel like that's the that's what's at risk here potentially I'm just looking for the piece in Renee Lodge's book. Um, oh, well, when she we've talked about this book many a time. Yeah. I will never stop talking about it. It's called "Why well, I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race," um, and she details British history that of, often goes unlooked. Um, and she talks about a the, these medical experiments. I'm mm-hmm. just looking for it. But then I keep going back to this. Don't you think that the national identity that that person, so their national citizenship can can't that acts like a great unifier because it's like yes i'm culturally i'm ugandan but then if i go to uganda i would be seen as other like i remember people they're calling yeah. me mzongo which is that's like what, um, white person in swahili so do you get what i'm saying yeah that's what fwh talks about in british this this the idea that yeah. you're not you're not quite at home when you go back home yeah you're not yeah or like i hear um jamaicans peeps were telling me that oh when they go abroad they're either called oh they're from foreign or english or like there's don't quote me like and sorry if i got that wrong but you get what i'm saying it's just i i do feel like there is some sort of a fallback in terms of like the national identity that they will carry as by virtue here do you want to hear a little piece go on um because i think the reason i don't know why i'm this isn't happening anymore. <laughs> this is a, this yeah. is history, but I think it's just to yeah, look, if there was a, if there was ever that attitude to say, well, you know, the mixed race kids or you know half black half white kids, they're fine. Like, you know, they're as long as they've got loving parents, everything's fine. But the same you could say the same for black kids. Oh well, you know, as long as they go to school and they work hard, they'll be able to do anything and mm. achieve anything. There's that naivety of. Um, you know like the racism is not that powerful yeah. surely surely it's just the odd it's the odd n-word shouted at you down the street it's the whole death, it's, death it's, by a thousand cut situation like it's it, yeah. at first it seems harmless but you do have to recognize that it is a force if it's like constantly coming up in like little small ways eventually it's gonna like have a negative effect on a wholesale like yeah exactly just, and this is what i'm trying to say is like even when you think of racism it's directed at black people but but mixed race kids or half black half white kids don't um don't get off scot-free from that they don't just get to say well i'm white today yeah um the world sees them as they see them and coming back to it's not it's not it's not their problem but it's not your problem either tom i feel no i know that but i just feel like at some point there needs to be like but what you said about death by a thousand cuts is is true and and the reason why i want to the reason why i want to say this um excerpt is because i think it's just worth again sort of pointing out the same way we were talking about blm and the um you know there there is institutionalized racism there's ways of systemic racism mm. uh, meaning that there are um, mechanisms in place societally that um, keep this toxicity alive yeah you can't you can't divorce history from from now like what's happened in history is having an its effect now there's residual effects of it mm. um there is residual attitudes that have not fully disappeared or disappeared 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's still idiots out there, essentially, that don't want to move with the times. Um, but actually, so this was in the 1920s. Um, Liverpool's <laughs> Liverpool's a really interesting place because that was it was one of the slave ports was there as well. Yeah. Um, so then after that, they did they did these kind of medical experiments, and then I think um, things have developed from there. So okay, so so there's this doctor, Doctor Harold Moody. Um, he was doing pioneering work for black people based in London. Um, an aspect of his personal life, uh, he he had a relationship with a white woman and he was black, he had mixed race children and it was seen as a point of great contention in British society. Mm-hmm. Mixed race relationships were controversial in the early 20th century um, and these relationships were considered disturbing enough to justify academic research. Uh, in the late 1920s, the University of Liverpool was solidifying its social sciences department um, headed up by anthropologist Rachel M. Fleming, and the research uh, was what she called was on what she called hybrid children, uh, so black fathers, white mothers. And um, with Liverpool being a port city, there were plenty of black seamen who uh, had taken up permanent residences. Mm-hmm. And academics estimate that Liverpool's black population was five thousand at the time, and against the black the backdrop of race fueled riots and the lynching of Charles Walton. Uh, mixed race relationships did exist but were seen by many as a social problem that needed to be stamped out Um, it was in this context that Fleming won the support of Liverpool's authority figures to research Liverpool's quote wretched children um, basically meaning mixed race Uh, and she founded the Liverpool Association for the Welfare of Half-Caste Children in 1927 and um, they were tasked with writing the association's first report so they basically like set up this research center, right? Got a bunch of funding for it. Um, they did a report on an investigation into the color problem in Liverpool. This is the title of the report mm. and other ports. And this was published in 1930. And it concluded with very little evidence that uh, venereal diseases were twice as likely to be found in black semen than white semen. And uh, <laughs> That mixed-raced uh, children, or uh, at the, it was termed, termed then half-caste children, were more more likely to be sickly because of this. Um, so the children seemed to have frequent colds. Many m- many were also rickety. Several cases were reported in which there was a bad family history of tuberculosis. Um, Fletcher deemed mixed-race girls and women as tainted by their race, writing only two cases have been found in Liverpool of half-caste girls who have married white men. And in one of these cases, the girl's family forced the marriage on the man. Um, So they basically had this massive report that just talked about all kinds of things with very little evidence, like, you know, that what I just detailed. Um, The fact that they were... um, (laughs) They organised white women who chose to have relationships with black men into four categories. So you were either considered mentally weak, a prostitute, young and reckless... Um, or felt or you were forced uh, so it was never for you know because you wanted to and children who were researched in the study had their eyes examined and their noses measured uh, with their facial features categorized as e- either negroid or english and um, they just talked about how if you had specific features then um, you know you were less than you know what, this and you is- had little future what you've just read there has just you know what's great I might have been calling myself naive before but you know what if 
I think my attitude and my viewpoint might need to be normalized. Yeah, because of I'm sorry, it does. not because I feel like if we're looking at it like, oh no, problem, you're mixed race and you're you're like you're gonna be caught. But no, like celebrate who you are. Like I'm sorry if somebody has a problem or if somebody is in a group and they're so narrow minded that they can't but entertain the, the idea or some sort of nuance, as if to say there is no gray in life. Like even okay, look, I'm supposed to be a pedigree person because both my parents are. Ugandan, both from the um, Acholi tribe, which is part of the Loire um, tribe, which is part of the Nilotic peoples, who seem to also be spread around, like, what, Kenya, Sudan, um, all these different places. So what's to say that somewhere further, like, great-great-great-grandparent isn't, like, Sudanese or Kenyan or something? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like... No, you know what? I, I'm 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 more like reading that. I'm just like, why are we pandering to racist people? Like we're not. What I'm saying is that that's reading that that's from the 1930s, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is like that's that's one example. That's yeah. one study. That was one study done in one university. And you know how there's a legacy from these things. So like we all of the talk around Edward Colston and removing statues yeah. and all of this stuff. It's to say, like, are we, are we really over this? Is this really Look, the answer sorted? Is no, but the answer is not. Also, because we're not over this, you need to now decide and watch how you how you navigate yourself in this world. No. I'm not saying you need to watch, but yeah. but you're but you're coming back to this idea that you don't yourself deal with this. Yeah. It's not that you're you have to wake up and and like right. Okay, I'm gonna be gonna be mixed race and proud today like that no like you're just you just have to just be yourself that's the only option you do have um and the mission really is to try and enable yourself to feel proud of who you are and proud of both sides of who you are and to embrace both sides the problematic parts the great parts the you know the parts of history the parts of the present and and move forward but my point is is that society is still is still there are still remnants of this Mm -hmm. is my point so, for example, the fascination with specific facial features in children, mm-hmm. right? In the 1930s, what I just said, it's still happening now. There are there are Facebook groups and Instagram pages about mixed race children that white women set up because yeah. they've had a nice mixed race baby, and there's millions of followers on these things because they're they're putting mixed race features on a pedestal. Yeah. This is happening in 2020. What is so different from that to what I just spoke about now in that book? by Rennie Edward Lodge. What is so different? The only difference is that in the 1930s, they were measuring noses because they thought there was something wrong with yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to say Whereas now, intent. they're measuring noses and looking at all, you know, now you can zoom in on an Instagram picture on these specific features because you think there are, they're, they're superior. Mm. They are the perfect mix. They are the thing, the perfect balance. They're not too black, but they're black enough, yeah. you know? And like, that's what I'm trying to say is we're not so different. We are not so far away from what was detailed in that one example. And as a mixed race kid, you are thrust into this world where there are ways that you are criminalized and then there are equally ways that you are fetishized. And what a world to be in. Like that is such a trip. To be mixed raced and to be seen as equally negative and positive is such a weird tightrope to balance on like that's and and it's like you don't i don't know do you get what i'm trying to say and they're they're so they're so different parts of of the spectrum 
But you know, I honestly, I think it comes down to how the kids wired, like how because some yeah, and people, then that comes comes full circle. Yeah, it comes because, down to how we parent. Yeah, as, I feel as like people. it's value system is a big part of it. How diplomatic the person that that child is. But this is the thing: is you is also it's not even it mean well. It's being aware of it. That yeah. oh oh okay, you think I'm a criminal? Like being able to suss out situations yeah. before it comes to fruition, or being able to assess people's intentions, being able to really assess: does this boy really like me, or does he? Does he just think but I'm? But also as well, I would say like if like say that um the kid gets accepted by the black kids or something, and then they hear or or the white kids and then they hear them talking badly about another group I would equally I would be like yo don't get comfortable in that group because that's some toxic people that you're hanging around with like yeah of course but I mean that's, that's just that, normal school yeah. school stuff anyway but like I just think it's a very unique position to be yeah, in it is and I, and the, it's one that neither of us are, are equipped for <laughs> and, the, and therein lies I, the problem but then that's why it comes back to the whole like the whole having a good relationship with your kid like for actually, sure for yeah, sure yeah actually listening to what they have to say and like because yeah I've by seen, all means because it's like that. I've in, in in our situation or in the situation of any other person that's have that's going to be in a mixed heritage um situation like you will have some pieces of the puzzle and then i will have some pieces of the puzzle mm-hmm. and then the kid will have the other pieces and i feel like it's I just i think what what does more damage is when you don't listen to them at all like i've seen yeah. i've seen those i've watched videos of like mixed race people talking about how their white mother yeah didn't understand and, and told them to get over it or like you're you're thinking too much yeah. into it you just have to or like de- just assume. devaluing yeah. their whole experience and making them feel like they're they're going crazy and like that that can't run i think it's yeah. just like for yeah. me the only thing that comes up again and again is just to listen and yeah. to not and to to acknowledge their experience and not say and not bring my own drama to it my own perspective yeah. to it my own limited perspective like and I feel like yeah. you know when people when they say oh people are trying to live out their experiences through their kids or well that's where or, it comes to you can't like if there was like a perfect example of where you shouldn't and you can't do that with your kids it's I think it's their situation yeah but then tell, tell that to all the people that are setting up Instagram pages for their mixed race yeah, no, baby and they like, should be it's just to, like, unreal yo, leave, stop fetishizing. I think that's part of it too is like they're living out their fan- fantasy it's yeah. a fantasy to have a kid no, that's like all got means, all the features that you yeah. always wanted I was gonna say it's like with most things in life there's a very very fine line like i keep saying it with investing there's a fine line between investing and betting mm. which can then be extrapolated in that there's a fine line between me appreciating my kid and fetishizing my my kid mm. and it's it's i think there's a responsibility on you as a parent as well to be aware of that line like am i listening because obviously as as the parent you're an authority figure so it it's it might feel weird to have to listen to your kid if you've spent their entire like life just telling them what to do and they basically yeah. don't have any free will. But I feel like yeah, yeah, when they start to develop a personality, yeah. But I feel like it's it's an added challenge. Like you have to be mindful that yeah, you don't share a hundred percent of the same experiences that your kid's gonna have when it comes to issues of race. Um, like it's just I mean you're completely right though like this is stuff this is drama and and historical baggage that a child yeah. should not have exactly. to be navigating that's why I'm just like you know what I, I feel like yeah I was being naive earlier but at the same time I'm like but nah why? you know what I, I think 
my viewpoint probably does need to be a bit more mainstream because it's no, not, it's not. Yeah. But naivety doesn't mean it's not mainstream. I'm saying yeah. that yeah, of course it does. But but the naivety comes when like there's the expectation that that's how it is yeah. now. Like you know that's not is? how yeah. it is now. It's how it should be, but it isn't. I I think I think I've I think it is getting better though. Obviously, yeah. like we've we've been looking into how things have been and where this is the thing as well. It's like we're both we're both born just after the the horrors of the 80s yeah. and um it was by in the way, our rear view mirror like literally like we it, like, by the time we were born or even when we were kids we it had been i guess um like the national minimized. front like i i grew up hearing about it and like oh they're still around but then that quickly evolved into like the bmp do you get what i'm yeah, saying yeah, I, yeah. I didn't experience or like i think i was too young when the brixton riots happened the only one that happened in my lifetime was the tottenham riots after mark duggan died yeah 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 same um, and then yeah which then kicked off the london riots and stuff yeah but, oh, but i was gonna say that so yeah. um everyone who um likes watching this stuff or wants to learn more um steve mcqueen's directed a series of um films called uh, under the umbrella term small acts so if you go onto a bbc iplayer they're um, releasing new movies i think they're probably showing them on bbc one as well but i'm i just never watch dv i'm always on <laughs> the yeah, on-demand on things like but um experience so they're on sm- it's small acts uh is uh stars john boyega letitia wright a few others um the details british black history in the 80s i think right 80s yeah. and um yeah so i mean there's that there's there's sort of i think we've been looking into just how horrifying the 80s was yeah like, but I- we're but 80s and 70s i would say it's oh naturally it would have got better but it's yeah. but it's not you know i don't think the fetishization was there really i mean that's that's a recent phenomenon yeah. um and like challenge. i say I, I feel like there's that juxtaposition that's really interesting and and i don't envy anyone who's navigating it yeah. men men or women like you know light-skinned men that um have women falling at their feet yeah and then they walk home and they get stops and search for no reason like mm. that's a weird and and both both of those things are to do with their the color of their skin. It's just such a bizarre life to live. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know. Just I don't know what to say on that. Just that it's what a trip, what a weird situation. Like, and none none of it you've asked for. And how can you, um, you know, how can how can you build character or build a life for yourself where you're trying so hard to to be seen for for who, who you are, are yeah. your, your, who, who you actually are and your and your talents and your capabilities um, rather than your looks and how you're perceived, you know, outwardly. You know, my, my thing is going to be don't play the game. Like, don't play the game that somebody else wants you to play. Don't play the position that they want you to play. Just, yeah, it just, it must take a lot though. Yeah, it take, that takes a lot of strength and it, I, I don't know, it just, it feels like a, I don't envy that person. Like yeah. it's not, it can't. And then you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be people too that love it, and they love that they get attention or mm. they get, you know, um, because especially when you're teenage and you're trying to figure figure stuff out, it can't be a bad thing that people are attracted to you, I suppose. But yeah. I don't know. It's just. But what's you? I think yeah, you have to look into like the sincerity of that attraction like is it that's what act- i'm trying to say yeah. it's like you've got to try and like raise your kid to see in between the lines and yeah. like assess the situation and like be a detective that's almost. a mad one how do you how that's do you what teach- i'm trying to say this how is why you, i no, feel no, like no, this no. is how do you teach a kid nuance like that that's what i'm trying to say this is such a There's weird ways. situation don't, don't get me wrong i do think there are ways that you can do it but it's not a simple lesson to learn 
yeah. and like and to learn it on like a core and i know obviously look i'm fe- i'm looking way too much and i'm literally looking 16 years from now and i haven't even had a kid yet like <laughs> you know you've got the whole baby stuff to yeah. deal with first and like that's and this I, is what i was saying about the beginning like it's, taking it's cute it and it's innocent step. and yeah. it's like they don't even know there isn't really that awareness until until they are either made aware of it or they become aware of it themselves yeah um and then the real work begins of you know trying to ascertain like how comfortable they feel trying to build their confidence um making them feel worth worthy regardless uh and then yeah and I like like, like you, you said like there is just the outside forces that yeah. will keep coming i think and I'm you've just got to just equip them to dodge up, i feel like i have to straight up apologize to them and be like look part of this problem and stuff that you're feeling is not an indication that there's something wrong with you but I mean like more so that there's something wrong with society that yeah. you're even having to go through this situation well, and you could say with. the same for black people too right yeah. that that's not you didn't ask for this either it's not something you were raised yeah to. In, in relation to racism and absolutely stuff. Like, yeah like yeah. you just want to be cool and chill like and yeah, you, yeah that same message probably does too, need to be is that on top of that you've got people telling you that racism doesn't exist that everything's fine now everything's okay everything's better yeah. oh yeah well the 80s were bad but you're god you're lucky you're living here now and everything's great well yes and no right because there's still like we said there's still remnants of this mm. there's still ways that, that racism plays out that you face and that our child will face like it's just a reality um so i think you've got that but then you've also got the people that the naysayers or the people that tell you that you're crazy or that you're overthinking it yeah which i don't like being gaslit personally so you know i can't imagine what that would be like if i'm trying to live my life i'm dealing with racism i'm managing it i'm doing my best and then if i ever was to open my mouth and say it exists people are telling me it doesn't (laughs) that's some gaslighting on another level um not fun and then obviously if you're mixed race you're sold you're, you're lucky because you're not fully black so you don't deal with it properly which isn't true either <laughs> yeah it's not an easy not thing fun. to contend with but yeah I, I i i guess as a result of this conversation i still i feel like i'm gonna stick to my gun so hard <laughs> i'm just not I, i'm not it. saying you shouldn't i'm just saying that it's just because you know what it is i don't I have like, the answers i just I feel, feel like, like we just need yeah. to educate ourselves like stay on top of it like keep yeah. keep educating on it like watching the stuff that's happened in the past, read up on this stuff because it helps inform why things might be the way they are now. Mm. You know, this isn't coming from a vacuum. This is what you're dealing with now is a result of of historical events, like historical institutionalized ways that racism plays out um, and is allowed to exist, allowed to thrive. And um, if we're not aware of those mechanisms and we're not able to dismantle them yeah. or or just even call them out when they when they happen the one thing i wanted to say is just and just to i guess highlight and like really hammer home is the whole emotional not emotional the baggage the societal baggage element of things yeah because i've been looking at pictures um of myself from like like the from uh like you know this on the on the iphone i get to see pictures like it shows you are oh, you from 2015 or oh right because you, you never from, put your photos anyway you just keep them on your phone yeah yeah <laughs> so i i like i've been having these mad moments where i've been looking at myself from like say 2013 or even younger and then thinking about even moments in school and stuff and the feelings that i was feeling mm. and a lot of them i'm just like i i feel like not upset but like a bit angry that, melancholy you're not melancholy but just that I was carrying way more than I should have been, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. or 
it wasn't mine to carry type mm-hmm. situation and i feel like that kind of could potentially apply here like yeah that you're like equip you're giving your child a massive toolbox with like here's how you navigate racism it's like no. i just want to be a kid no i mean as in like your face with like situations and feelings and stuff you are reacting to situations um that weren't like how can I put it? The problem was with the people that were doing the stuff to you, rather than you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and ha- just being like having... fundamentally flawed in in of yourself, and I really feel like that needs to. That yeah. I don't know if it is if it is possible to communicate that to a child that look society has its issues that it needs to overcome and it's going to take time and unfortunately you're going to be the collateral damage that gets caught up in mm-hmm. that in its quest to overcome those situations, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Boy, this is a that was a stiff one. I was, I was probably <laughs> avoiding it for a reason. <laughs> just like... Probably not best a good time to watch small acts now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, another one I want to shout out a film I was telling you about, Sweet, um, Babylon. Yes. Uh, it was. It's an old one, but it's so cool. Especially if you live in South London, watch it. Like, I know that's a very, very niche. A very specific a of very, you. A yeah. very niche and specific selection of our audience. If, I don't even know if we have any South Londoners listening. Uh, well, but, yeah, I don't anywho. know. Yeah, if you live in South, especially, yeah, I would say watch that because that gives you a window into what it was like in the seventies and the eighties because it was made during them times. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was mad. Like, if you want to see, like, the, it like, is like, like we're pro- don't get me wrong, we've progressed, yeah, but we're not at real. the point where it doesn't like race issues around race doesn't exist. It still exists, no. but my goodness we have taken at least a step forward yeah like, yeah, yeah. That much I it's will like say. a reminder of how far people have come yeah all right um yeah i guess we'll leave it there so uh, in conclusion do your best and uh you're you're gonna mess up your kid regardless and make sure you listen just listen to your kid yeah. and don't bring your own baggage to the table yeah <laughs> and uh don't be humble i think is the <laughs> be it, humble i feel like that's the main takeaway be humble don't, don't get gassed yeah. just keep it straight down the line yes be an authority figure to your kid but at some point like you the have, kid they'll yeah there's no there's only so much you can do yeah right okay well, thanks tom thanks for your, is this the last one for this season i don't know is it Oh, we'll see. I guess you guys will see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Tom. Yeah. This was fun. See you next time, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.